there's certain things I still want to be able to grab a hold of in my body and I do not want them to disappear because they have been a part of my journey of coming home to myself. I fought really hard to want to exist in this body. Like I want to lose weight right now, but I do not want to erase myself. Welcome back. This is the Confident Collective Podcast and we are your hosts. I'm Ryan And I'm Christina. We are curb models, content creators, and some would even say comedians. We started the Confident Collective Podcast to help you live your most confident life by sharing our stories and sitting down with experts to talk about, well, life. We chat sex, dating, business, relationships, and so much more. We hope you love this episode, so let's get into it. Welcome back to the Confident Collective Podcast. How are we feeling today? Honestly, I am still on a high from the pool party. I have to be honest with you. I feel like that's going to be my personality for the rest of the summer. Hey, we threw a pool party for like almost 200 of our closest friends. Honestly, no, someone commented on my TikTok the other day. They were like, girl, you've been milking that Europe trip for like a fucking year. And this is going to be my next thing I'm going to milk for a year is the pool party. (laughs) I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear it. Okay, besides the pool party, what else has been going on for you, Ray? Well, everyone's been like wanting a dating update, dating update, and I have definitely been a little bit like closed lips. Why? I am in a serious... No, I'm kidding. I'm not. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> I have been in my cougar era, okay? I don't know what... Since I moved to New York, I don't know what has been going on, but like... I have just been meeting these really young guys in person. And obviously it's not like a dating app where you don't see like, oh, Steve. Why don't you Steve? (laughs) Steve is the only man name I know. (laughs) Steve 2.0, 35. Like you're just meeting them in person and they're turning out to be really young. So, but I'm now sharing this because I've cleared the roster. But. Okay, so none of them are on it anymore. No, I'm really sad. I feel like I'm kind of in a funk today because I cleared one of them and now I'm kind of like, ugh. I don't know. He was so basically. Wait, I, I was, was looking to say, I, can we be a little bit nosy? What happened with him? And also, before you even start that, I just need to know a little bit more about this cougar error because uh, you're meeting him in person, so they obviously don't have 23 written right on their are. forehead. But when 22, you, yeah. Okay, when you talk to them, are you kind of like, okay, this person's definitely younger than me, or do you find out their age and you're no. shocked? So actually, so this one guy I met, we met at a bar like in Brooklyn and it turned out he was 22 and he told me that first night we met, but he just did not seem 22 at all. He was not giving me 21-year-old vibes. 22. Sorry. I was going to say, what? I was like, are you slightly <laughs> lying, making him a little bit older so you don't say he's, you're dating a 21-year-old? No, he just keeps getting younger and younger. No. <laughs> he, honestly, it's been so great. Like he was brought me flowers like all the time, like more times than my long-term ex-boyfriend Wait, ever brought so me flowers. Cute. Seriously. And he always would be like, he would make a reservation and then send me the screenshot and be like, okay, see you here Wednesday at seven. Oh, we love a man I, who takes action. Who takes action and makes a plan. And to be honest, like I realized like he definitely showed me like the new standard of like what I'm looking for because like, oh. honestly, no one I have dated has treated me as well as he did. And he also was like, like we would have some deep conversations and like I was like, said to him, I was like, I feel like you're honestly even more mature than me sometimes. Like I definitely can sometimes shut down and he would be like, no, come on, let's talk about it. Like tell me how you're feeling. And I'm like, whoa, 
so it was really, really fun. And I really liked getting to know him. But my schedule right now is just like crazy. I haven't seen him in like weeks and weeks and weeks. And I don't like texting. I just feel like I'm also just in a weird place. And it just wasn't feeling right. I can't really describe it to you. I just don't think it was right. And he needs to go do his thing. I need to do my thing. But I'm telling you, like, do not sleep on younger guys. Like, I always thought I would need to be with someone older because they're more mature and they'll do all these things. And this 22-year-old was doing more and and showing up for me better than any, like, 35-year-old guy I dated. It's really crazy. Okay, well, I love that. And it's just funny because not to tie everything back to Vanderpump rules, but, you know, Katie Maloney is on a dating journey right now. And she's like, I'm in my... Wait, she didn't call it a cougar era. What was she calling it? What'd she call it? Fuck. Anyway, she's dating younger guys too and is hyping up younger men. And she's like, that is the way to go. So I love that journey for you. Question though, because I know you love to go, go, go. And traveling is so important to you. But do you feel like you need to maybe stay in New York for a little bit longer just to not to date, but to give your life there a little bit more of a chance and feel more settled and maybe meet someone that could potentially be more long-term because I know that's a big goal for you too. No, totally. But I just don't really have... I mean, that'll happen in like August. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) August, September. Okay, perfect. Yeah. No, but definitely like I keep saying, I'm like, okay, I need to stay in New York because it is hard. Like dating, if you kind of take like a long like... Well, number one, I just am not one to sit there and text somebody. But I also think if it's right, it won't really matter. Like, mm-hmm. we'll call, we'll talk on the phone. Like, it won't really matter. But I'm just not one to text, have conversations over text. So if I don't see someone, I just don't really feel, like, connected to them. So I definitely need to stay in New York City and be focus on dating, yeah. for sure, at the end of Siren Summer. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Well, I mean... I think that especially if that's something that you really want, which I know you do. I feel like that it's, you know, that's an adventure yeah, well, in itself. I def- yeah, I definitely had like, because he kind of asked me, he was like, well, what are you like looking for? And like, I am looking for a relationship and I realize I need to stop messing around with these guys who I don't really see it with mm-hmm. and make room for some for for what I actually want. So, yeah. Yeah. He was amazing. That. I I feel like it was really fun. So I'm just saying if you're dating, you should maybe definitely turn your dating app age range down to like 22. I think we've learned a lot of lessons through your dating. You know, turn your height range down, turn your dating, dating range down. Right, just well, be more open. Height range. He was 6'4". So. Okay, okay. Well, that's good. Turn that dating. Turn, honestly, <laughs> don't go too low. I'm not kidding. We, we love the short kings. Okay, roster is cleared. The roster has been cleared. I literally went through yesterday and just... Honestly, I think I have an emotional hangover today because like Mm. I was basically... I've just been go, 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 go. Yesterday, I shot off like all these texts that basically like was clearing the roster and then also like having to do some like friend stuff, like text friends who I've like maybe dropped the ball with, whatever. And I'm just like... I am having what Brene Brown says is a vulnerability hangover today. So if my energy is like a little down, people, I'm, I'm, your girl has been through it, but it had to be done and I'll bounce back. By tomorrow, I'll be fine. Give me the day. You got the day. The day is all yours. But anyway, what's going on in your life? I've been struggling, you guys. So 
The house journey for us is real. It's on. And I'm feeling a little defeated. I'm not going to lie. We got so close to purchasing like the house of our dreams. We were in contract with them and we ended up flying out back to New Jersey to do inspections and everything. And like we, it was so, so promising. But they, at the end of the day, we had to say no to the property because it just had a lot more work than we thought it did. That And it had a lot of foundation issues. And we're like, okay, this is a huge project and whatever. I'm fine. It wasn't meant to be. But since then, we've, we've also put offers on two other houses. Okay, two or three other houses. In New Jersey? In New Jersey. You have not told me this. Yeah, I know. Because it moves so quickly. Because I'm not even kidding you. Like the house hunt is insane in New Jersey. I honestly think it's almost even worse than LA. Things wow. go within a couple days. Two of these offers were both like substantially over asking because that's what you have to do. There's no such thing as a price point in New Jersey. Everything goes over asking. It is insane. And on both of them, we were outbid with three other offers higher than us. Within like, oh they, these God. homes weren't even on the market. They didn't even have a chance to do open houses. They weren't even on the market for a week. So That's it's a, insane. It's actually really insane. And it's just so tough because we're not out there. So we have real estate agents going for us in different areas. And they're doing like virtual FaceTime tours with us. And then sometimes a lot of my parents go see homes too. But it's just so hard when we're not there. It's hard when you are there. And then especially when we're not there. So I'm just like feeling a little defeated. And I don't know what to do because I really want a house. And I want to make this move because we're just in this like limbo that I just feel stuck you know, and I need to get on with my life. So, Would you ever do a short-term lease and house hunt while you're here? It's like something we've talked about, but I really don't want to do that. Like moving with a family is just yeah. moving in general. is So time consuming, so much work. And I don't know if I want to make the move twice, you know? Also like I'm ready to like part with our furniture. I feel like then I'd have to furnish short-term You could rent a furnished place. I know, I know. I have thought about that, but I don't think it's as easy to find those in New Jersey. Right. Oh, well, you could have like a New York moment with the kids. I know. I thought about that as well. I did think about that as well. But then it's just challenging because then we're going to have to be coming over all the time to find a place. Like, yeah, I know, but I have thought about that. I was like, maybe the fall. And then to be honest with you, the biggest thing is due. Do it. We can't forget about do it, boy. We don't want him to feel misplaced. And oh. yeah, so this is what we're going through. We're trying to like figure it out. But I'm like, how many times can we like be going back and forth to the East Coast? Because your girl also wants a vacation for herself. And I feel like every trip we take is like a house hunting trip, which is work, you know? Yeah. No matter which way you cut it, it's just a hard, it's a hard situation. It's just a hard situation. I need to figure it out. So anyways, if you're a realtor in New Jersey and have an off-market housing, you think is perfect for us, let me know. The one thing I will say is it's really hard. And that's why I was like, Ray, I'm about to send you to go see this listing for me because it's really hard to have other people go for you because everyone has like a different idea of the house that they want and what they think is perfect. Yeah. It's, it's hard to give just a completely unbiased opinion. Exactly. So anyways. Well, I'm honored you would trust me. I feel like you kind of like get the vision a little bit of like what could be like charming and cute and make work for our career as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Well, don't give up on, I'm like, don't give up and start looking in LA. We we did go to an open house in LA because honestly, like part of me knows that's not the right thing to do. 
But part of me just feels like it's the easier thing to do. So we'll see. We're looking in both coasts, but we're really trying to find a place in New Jersey. So give us all the good vibes. Sending you good vibes. I am sad about the house because it did have a pool and I was like, we're going to be living our East Coast summer dreams out there. But you know what? Wasn't meant to be. Not meant to be. Okay, this week, I have been obsessed. Well, this girl I has been on my TikTok for like probably a year now. Her name is Delaney Rowe. And you 100% have probably seen her. She does these skits. I'm going to go where, look at like, her page right now because I'm like, who is she? she? She does these skits where it's like the girl who thinks you're obsessed with her is making pancakes. Or like the completely insufferable female lead of a movie is like ordering ice cream. These kind of things. And I can't describe it. It's like a car wreck. It is horrible, horrible, horrible to watch, but I can't look away. Like her videos make me angry, but I love them at the same time. Wait, really? Wait, why do they make you angry? Be- I don't know. It's like it's like hard to watch because you know it's exactly like she's annoying, but she's a character and it is funny and it's spot on, but it like it gives me like a visceral reaction. Wait, I don't think I've ever have seen, you her seen her videos, her which is insane because they all have millions and millions of views. Wait, that's crazy. Go to the one. You have to watch the one after everyone. That's like the, her making pancakes. It was, it was hard. No, and then she also did. Wait, this can one I watch it we, real quick? Yeah. How long are they? Like thirty seconds to a minute. Wait, I don't think this is funny. Is this supposed to be funny? It's not necessarily. It's not like a ha 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 funny. But, like, she did this one where it's, like, the insufferable female lead, like, orders ice cream. It's, like, hard to watch because, honestly, I need to really unpack why it makes me feel the way it feels. But they irritate me, but I watch every single one of them. Okay, I need to do, I need to do some research here because I need to understand why you're trying to feel the way that you're feeling. Do you feel like she's making fun of you? No, it's like... But do you feel like you're the character that she's portraying? Is that why you have this reaction to it? No, this one she was like ordering ice cream and it's like you've seen it in movies like she compared it to a Mandy Moore movie and it is so irritating but like so spot on I can't describe it just now that she give her a follow and just over the next week watch her videos and, and see what happens okay I'm going to do that and I will report back to you Report back. What are you obsessing over? Okay, I've just been obsessing over group chats. Really? I freaking love a good group chat. First of all, I'm like the worst when it comes to text messages. Like I have 235 unread text messages right now. Don't judge me like that, Rosie. I'm recording this in Rosie's apartment and she just gave me this astonished, flabbergasted, disgusted look. Yes, Rosie, please help me clear them out. I only have 21 right now. It's not bad. 235. But I will say my group chats are all read, caught up with. I think it's just something about, for me, Like I just love female camaraderie. I love female friendships. I love being part of a group. I love being <laughs> in the know. And these group chats just make me so happy. So I have one with some of my best friends from college, our study abroad group. We all chat like every single day. Then I have another one with my mom friends from that group. And then I have like family group chats, cousin group chats. And then I also have a new group of friends in LA. 
that I love so much. Actually, Alyssa Amorosa brought us all together. We did a girls' night at her house. If you know her, we've been on her podcast. She's been on ours. Her name is Publicity. And she's so fun. She's so funny. She's so funny. She cracks me up. And she just brought like such a good group of girls together. So now we're in this group chat. We chat every single day. I think our love of Bravo and Vanderpump really is like what brought us together as well. We just had so much fun. And I just... I just love it. I, I love being a part of something. And I think for me too, just because of the stage of life that I'm in, I am married with two kids and I can't go out all the time, like see my friends all the time. So just like being in my group chats makes me feel like I'm actually hanging out with my friends in real life. And I love it so much. I love that for you. I'm definitely the person in the group chat who never responds. No. I I just... I, I, it's so funny because like, I just went on a, a brand trip recently mm-hmm. and like the brand, like the group chat was like popping. It was so fun, blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm back, like I find it so hard to like stay engaged. I don't know what it is. Like with group chats, I just never, I just rarely, rarely, rarely respond. Oh my gosh. I love engaging my group chats. That's so funny how we're so different in that. So different. I know all my group chats. That's like every, like I'll chime in like once once in a while so they don't kick me out, you know? Mm-hmm. But, okay, well. Well, if you're in need of some female friendships, maybe your friends like live far away and you're like, I wish yeah. I did a better job of like keeping in touch with my friends. I would encourage you to start a group chat with them and talk about anything that you like. Anything, whether it's like your favorite TV show, like TikTok videos, send them memes, what's going on in your I life. I, I feel like-, like it really brings like that relationship back and makes you feel fulfilled in a way at least makes me fulfilled in a way where I can't see my friends in person. No, 100%. But like when someone sends a funny meme, like I just feel like, ha ha, like isn't really the good response. Even if I did see the video and genuinely think it's funny, if someone sends it to me, I'm just like, oh, LOL. Like I just feel like it's a little bit of a downgrade. I'm like, I don't know. Like what do you say when someone sends you a meme? Oh my God. I mean, if... I think it's funny, I'll respond to it. And if I don't feel like I need to respond to it, I don't have to. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't feel like there's like pressure. Yeah. I don't feel pressured in my group chats, but. I actually did almost send you something the other day. It was this, you might've seen it. It was this little girl getting ready in the mirror and she was like, Skindaval's a liar, Skindaval's a liar. (laughs) Did you see that video? I didn't see that video, but I know that sound. No, it wasn't that sound. She was singing the sound. Oh, yes. really? <laughs> that little girl was singing the sound. So obviously her mom had been like playing it and she like picked up on it. Wait, anyway. that's really funny actually. Also, the person who ha- who does that sound is James Kennedy. And I saw him yesterday and I was with Steve. And Steve's like, are you okay? Are you freaking out? And who I'll- is that? Fran, I can't. Let's get into today's episode. <laughs> I cannot. Okay, let's get into today's episode. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm sorry. All right, well, with that, we're getting into today's episode and kicking off our new series with our girl, Rosie. Well, I am so freaking excited because today's episode, we are kicking off a brand new series where we are going to dig a little deeper and we have brought on the perfect person for the job, which you may remember her from episode 59 when I was having a mental breakdown. We have our dear friend Rosie joining us for our Going Deeper series because honestly, this girl has a way with words. Every time she's on the podcast, we get so many messages that are like, make Rosie regular. We love Rosie. I'm like, okay, like, thank you. What are Christine and I chop liver? 
But anyway, we are so freaking excited, Rosie. Thanks for thanks for joining us for this new series. Thank you so much for having me on, you guys. Honestly, it's such an honor. And like, thank you for opening up your space to me. I'm so glad to be here and like excited to get into it. Oh my gosh. Well, we are so happy to have you. There's been this trend going on on around on TikTok called like the beige flag trend. Have you guys seen it? Oh yeah. Or it's like my husband's no. beige oh. flag is blah, 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 blah. And there's a really popular one that's like my husband's beige flag is like he doesn't ask any questions. <laughs> and the reason I bring this up is because I feel like sometimes I'm guilty of that. Steve will tell me a whole story and I don't ask any questions. Something I love about you, Rosie, is I feel like you ask so many questions. <laughs> Too many questions. No, you really do. <laughs> you really ask so many questions and you ask all the right questions. And that's why I think you're so perfect for the series because we really could dig a lot deeper and I have some really vulnerable conversations. Girl, go yeah. off. We are ready. And I always say like why I'm so excited for our listeners to get to experience you, Rosie, is because whenever I'm having like an issue in my life or if I'm like really struggling with something or I'm trying to figure out my feelings around something, I will talk to Rosie. And I swear to God, you can go into my brain and you take what I'm feeling and I'm thinking and you articulate it back to me in a way that I can understand that like my own brain couldn't <laughs> compute. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, that, yes, that's it. So I am just really excited for our audience to experience this because I think it's a gift that you have and we need to share it with the world. Okay, well, no pressure. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> yeah. I'm not at all qualified to do anything ever, but I am so glad that you guys are so vulnerable. And I think in our friendships, we're already having these conversations. So it just feels really exciting to get to open them up to the podcast audience because, you know, if we're having them, I'm sure everybody else is on a level having them too. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. All right, so should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into our first... Going deeper. Episode, going deeper with Rosie. <laughs> okay, well, obviously, we just had the most freaking amazing event ever. The event of the season, the event of the summer. I still can't believe that people have flown in. Like, we just had the best time at our Confident Collective pool party. And, you know, a huge reason that we wanted to have the party was because there's been so much pressure to change our bodies for summer, right? And we really want us to celebrate ourselves exactly as they are. And while we're all doing that, I also feel like we've all been struggling with our confidence a little bit too. At least I know I have. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because the two can coexist, right? Yeah. You can be struggling a little internally and you could also be like so ready to celebrate and live your life at the same time. 100%. So it's like, how do we navigate that? Yeah, yeah I think there's like... Because that's what I've been struggling with. I'm like, okay, I'm just, I want to say, fuck all this. I want to live my best life. I want to throw this huge pool party. I want to rock the bikini, which I think is exactly what you should do. But I think it would be a disservice to not admit that there is some, there is sometimes doubt because we're human beings and there's never going to be a time, I don't think, where you feel a hundred percent like nothing's going to rock the boat. And to be honest, recently, which we'll get into, things have been rocking me a little bit. I've definitely mm -hmm. been feeling some pressure and I don't, I feel like I want to be like open about that because I also think it's intimidating if you're trying to be on this confidence journey to see someone and be like, they don't struggle at all. They don't feel the pressure at all. And it's like, yes, I do. I think we all do. And we're going to get into that, but it's about just trying to balance that. And and it's really, really hard. And I don't have all the answers, which we're going to talk about. But yeah, I mean, exactly what you said, Christina. It's 
wanting to be confident, but then still being like admitting, yeah, I, I do struggle and things do affect me. Yeah, I love the, I love the end or like that it's happening in tandem. It's like, you know, when you're like out in a club dancing and you've had a few cocktails and you are just feeling it and you're like living your best life. But then you go in the toilet and you're a little drunk and you sit down in the toilet and you have that moment where you kind of check in with yourself and you're like, okay, I'm here. Am I good? Am I okay? Am I? And then you go back out. I'm like, that feels like kind of that this moment, right? Like it's yeah. summer, the pool party, it's sick, like riding this high. And then you have that moment where as amazing as that is, I am still having to check in with myself and see like, where am I at? What's going on? And yeah, I don't think one or the other rules each itself out. And I think the conversation is super valuable. And yeah, I know you guys are really honest about where you're at. So it'd be really interesting today to kind of check in with the both of you and just, and you know, me too, but just see where, like, where are you at? Like, What's going on in your bathroom stall? Well, it's <laughs> a lot. Christina, go off. No, well, it's super interesting because I did a Q&A the other day and I was so flattered. I got this message. I think I read it to you, Ray. And someone said, I showed your profile to my therapist and I said, I want to have Christina Zia's level confidence. Aww. How do I get that? That and is I, the ultimate compliment. It was so sweet. It was like, but at the same time, I have been struggling more than I have in like the past, I don't know, like decade of my life when it mm. comes to my confidence. Mm. And it's so layered and it's really difficult. And obviously, you know, I'm going through postpartum and I think a lot of my confidence struggles has to deal hormonally yeah. and like everything I've been going through and like this massive life change. But I wouldn't be lying if it's also been affected because of things that people have said to me. Okay. So... Obviously, there's like all this discussion about getting your body back on track after having a baby. My, the bounce back. The bounce oh, back. I, like that. I okay. hate that. Ugh. My body is really weird during pregnancy. I think I might be one of the only pregnant women in the history of the world to lose weight while they're pregnant. Yeah. It's really, really weird. And mm. so when I gave birth to Christian, I was 20 pounds lighter than when I got pregnant. Oh, wow. That's freaking weird. Wait, that's actually really crazy. That's so, so crazy. So I look so different. And everyone was talking about it. And maybe what's, like not everyone, it? but everyone in my life, it felt like everyone was commenting like, on my body. You? The front page of the newspaper. Yeah, you, you guys did not see the New York Times. Christina Zias loses 20 pounds. No. It felt like everyone Honestly, was Honestly, if you were it. a celebrity, though, that would be a headline. It was. That's the brutal That was kind of, of crazy. It would be a headline. And I received all these comments from people on Instagram, in my DMs, from family members. And there was always, like, this narrative about, like, okay, like, now what are you going to do to maintain this weight? And I'm like, wait, like, I literally just gave birth to a baby. Now I have to feel, like, this struggle to stay this size. And what happened was... I get really sick when I'm pregnant. Like, I do get, you have like the hyperemesis or? I don't think I just do have, have that crazy morning sickness. I just have crazy morning, mm -hmm. like all day sickness. Like yeah. you literally can barely eat when you're. pregnant, I can barely right? eat when I'm pregnant, and I also have terrible acid reflux in addition to like the morning sickness and stuff like that. So I am just consuming way less calories, I think. Yeah. And then also like I'm chasing around a toddler. I'm like bigger. I have this like belly. Like it's just I'm probably like burning more fat. Or like the baby is maybe breaking down more of my fat. I don't know. It's so weird. But I just gave birth and was 20 pounds lighter. And then all of a sudden, for the first time in my life, felt like this insane pressure to like have to maintain that weight. 
which was not realistic. And by the way, like spoiler, I've gained most of it back since then because I started eating again. And I was like, wait a minute. Which like, hell yeah. Like Like, you're nourishing your body. Like the depletion that women's bodies go through after they grow an entire human is huge. So what you should be doing is exactly what you are. Like feel your body again. You just, you just took a human amount of nutrients and energy out of your body. Like now is your time to like fuel up. So like you're doing exactly what you should be. Yeah. But like, I don't know, like according to like society and like to the pressure I feel from the outside world, everyone's like, wait, like you want to like get, it's just like such a mind fuck when everyone's like, you want to bounce back. And I'm like, wait, like I'm actually smaller than I was. So like now I feel pressure to stay smaller. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So then it almost makes you feel like, and I hate feeling like this, but the fact that like I gained weight back almost feels like embarrassing and like a failure, mm. which I've never felt like that before. But because of everyone's comments, like I can't even tell you guys like how many times, you know how like your phone brings back like memories? Yeah. I'd be like looking yeah. at old photos and be like, ew, what the fuck? I'd be like, wait, I like thought I looked so good then and I looked terrible. Yeah, it's like you don't want to actually even see the point of comparison because it fucks with your head so much. It fucks with your head. Sorry, I like it. Vulnerable or like emotional. It like fucks with your head because I was then seeing photos of myself when I was literally 20 pounds heavier than I was at that current moment. And I remember feeling so beautiful and sexy and so confident in that moment. But because now I was comparing myself to myself, like look down on like that other girl. Yeah. Which is fucked up. Yeah. I've always thought that like, I don't want to be, you know, people like get peak thin for their weddings, which in itself is fucked up. And I'm always like, I never want that to be me. I want to feel amazing because I don't want to look back on what would be the happiest day of your life for the rest of your life, thinking that now after the fact, because real life happens, you feel shit about yourself. Like your photos should be centered around your memories, not as like a marker on your body. Like, and... It's funny because like you two always, I think you have a much better confidence in the way that you present your body and the way that you're confident in taking photos. And Ray will tell you I'm terrible at taking photos. But like it it like breaks my heart hearing you say that, Christina, that there's a part of you now that gives up the goodness of those photos because of fucking weight. But And I'm not minimizing yeah. it because I do the same thing. Yeah. But I'm just like, for whom? Well, that's the thing. It was for everyone else besides me because I actually felt amazing while I was taking those photos. And now that I feel like I've gained a little bit of the weight back, I'm like, wait a minute. Like I'm starting to get like my head right again. I think we underestimate the weight that the praise of losing weight holds from outside factors. Because like you're saying, people are like, oh my God, you look so good. Like you just gave birth. Like you look amazing. Keep this up. Can you feel that pressure? And then that then changes your view of how you looked when you were heavier. And I think that like, I'm guilty of this too. I have a friend who recently has lost like a lot of weight. And I think sometimes with our friends, we can, you know, like joke. And I've made comments where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, because it's so ingrained in us, those comments carry so much weight. It's actually crazy. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, I feel like I should be able to take someone's comment like that and not let it make me make it feel like an attack. Do you know what I mean? Because it's hard to do that. Because sometimes there is no ulterior motive behind it. Like people aren't saying, wow, you look amazing now. You look like shit before. Right. Right. But it's hard for me 
in those moments when I was feeling so insecure to hear these comments like, oh my gosh, you've lost so much weight. You look so good to then not turn that around and be like, oh, so that means like I look good now because I'm thinner. So I that means I look bad before. I mean, it's, I think it's twofold. I think moving forward, we have to teach people better language of expressing I mean, A, no one has any right to comment in an unsolicited way about anybody's body. But that being said, people do. And it's, is there a new way of saying, wow, you look so happy or whatever it is, but it's just also, is it even necessary to make that comment to begin with? But until people change the language, but also until we change it in ourselves, like, you're right, maybe they weren't meaning that thing. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to be a little bit kind to yourself, Christina. What you've just gone through physically is so vulnerable. Like, yeah. And you're still doing it, whether it's like your body adjusting back to not carrying something on it every day or your the like ebb and flow of like, you know, if you're able to breastfeed or, you know, physically. And also you still have this little being on you all the time that still identifies as you, right? The, mm-hmm. Your little baby. And so it's just like the vulnerability that it takes to do all of that. And then somehow after the fact, you're meant to have this like, armor that says that no one's comments are going to affect you that's pretty tough I think yeah I don't know what the the solve all for this is but I think like it has to begin with a little bit of for the fact that it's okay to be affected by that and it's okay for it to make you upset and for it to bring up feelings in yourself yeah for sure but it's interesting when like it's just so interesting how like I feel like the two can coexist, right? Because mm-hmm. at the same time, I do feel super, super confident. But then I was finding myself like stepping on a scale every single day. Okay. Which I just got rid of scale. Okay. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking crazy. I was like, I haven't yeah. stepped on a scale in seven years. Yeah. Now all of a sudden I'm doing that. Fuck that. Yeah. So I had to get rid of it. Did you do that when you were a teenager at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same. Right. Of course. Oh. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy, right? Like we learn these lessons the hard way, but then like sometimes we even have to like learn them again as adults. Mm-hmm. Like, is that serving me? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Good on you for throwing it out. <laughs> if that's what works for you, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I had to. I mean, I, I, I think I've gotten a little bit better now. I actually had a conversation with my doctor. I went, I have a like a pacemaker and I went to my doctor and she's like, how have you been? You look great. You had the baby, blah, blah, blah. She's like, I don't know if she asked me like a specific question about my weight. I don't, or if I just opened up, I can't even remember how the conversation went. And she was like, how are you feeling in your body or whatever? And I was like, oh, I've actually like gained weight after having the baby. And she was like, oh really? And I explained the situation. She's like, well, like you didn't really lose that other weight. Actually, you lost it because of a, a condition. So actually your body's just back to normal. That's an amazing And like for phrasing it as like me gaining like 15 pounds as normal Versus, oh, you've gained weight. Like, she's your body's just getting back to normal. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, this is my normal. And that actually changed my mindset so much. I love that that happened. But then it's hard as well because she had like a positive effect on you. Yeah. And then other people commenting early on was having a negative effect on you. But we can never control the people's input from external to us. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, how do True. we then reach a point? And I haven't reached this point yet, so someone tell me. But like, where we just stop, we center ourselves, we ask our own body and our own inner world, where am I at? Do I feel good about it? Because you were saying like, had those comments not come up, you were actually feeling fine. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so it's like, how do we protect our peace to begin with? Because I can't control the outside world, but I can at least influence my own inner world. And I wonder if, 
you know, you probably weren't anticipating any of this happening, whether people commenting or then your doctor helping and stuff like that. But I wonder if next time, if you were to have another child, like having been through this experience, then you stop ahead of time. You're like, right, what do I, what am I going to decide? How am I going to define what I feel about my own body? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because from what I know of you, Christine, like, you're a force. Like mm -hmm. you are a powerhouse of a woman. You are a force to be reckoned with. When you walk into that gym, I'm scared for the people. <laughs> like, right? Seriously. Girl, I'm, you walking like you're going to fuck somebody up. You do. And like, I'm like, when I'm in the gym, I'm like trailing behind you kind of scared because I still find the gym super intimidating. Christina literally like dead eyes everybody in front of her and is like, we're doing it. <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. like you've decided yeah. to bring that energy. You've decided to define that environment. So like, moving forward maybe there's an opportunity for you to decide next time rather than it be other people totally and I honestly think that for me I have just I really think that postpartum makes you weak in a way vulnerable very vulnerable very insecure like because it's not even just about my weight like I found myself insecure and vulnerable about like literally every single thing in my life yeah this is just the conversation we're having today yeah you know mm -hmm. so but I do feel like now what Christian's four months, almost five months. Mm -hmm. So I feel like so much better in myself. And I do feel like I can actually think for myself again. Yeah. Wow. So maybe sometimes it is just like a little bit of time. But anyways, when I saw that comment and someone's like, I want Christina Zia's confidence. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, girl, I struggle sometimes too. I love that. I love yeah. how honest you are about it. Christina. Yeah, of course. Well, as you're like sharing how you're feeling after like with, with like postpartum and stuff, it keeps bringing up like, yes, I think the balance of what we decide and how much we let outside. Did you have a snot rocket over there? <laughs> Sorry, I'm like emotional. I'm like, oh, you're crying. Oh my God. I literally thought you were having like a, I don't know what's happening. A little booger explosion. No, we're good. We're good. Well, it's like, how do we balance like deciding for ourselves, like we're saying, but then the outside pressure, whether it's comments or people around us, because like where I've been struggling recently is like, and just being super real. We did an episode, like I think it was like last October where it's like the commentary of like thin is back, thin is back. And like now we're just seeing like the results of that. Like I feel like everyone I'm following, so many people are just losing weight like rapidly. I'm like, wait, what is going on? And I'm not going to lie to you. When you're surrounded by something, it affects. it's affecting you so much. Sometimes I've been thinking like, okay, what if you're just in your own little world and you're not seeing like everyone else lose weight or everyone else do this thing? Like if you weren't having comments about your body postpartum or seeing this stuff, like how would you actually be feeling? And that's just like what I'm struggling with right now is like, I'm like, okay, I... I'm trying to balance this line of, I do feel good. I feel like I'm doing what I need to do to take care of my body and feel good. While simultaneously, I'm seeing so many people, mostly I follow on social media and in real life, losing so much weight. Honestly, like the other day I was wearing, I went to this event and I was wearing this thing and I saw my arms and I've never hated my arms. And I just literally was like, I had the most mean thought about myself. And I'm feeling my mindset about myself is changing because of, how I'm seeing other people. Is that making sense what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I feel like that too. It's so easy. And we always talk about like on social media, like follow people that look like you, like it helps you build your confidence up. So when you are doing that and then those people start changing and you feel like you can't identify with them anymore, then I feel like that takes a negative toll on you. And 
because we're we're playing this comparison game and it's easy to compare yourself to someone that you feel is in the same boat. But when that person starts changing, you're like, wait, do I need to as well? I need to tell you guys about the underwear I've been wearing because it's an absolute must have. It's the Fits Everybody Collection by Skims and I feel like it's their best kept secret. They are so stretchy and soft and just mold to your body. The buttery soft fabric stretches to twice its size without ever losing shape, meaning you can get a perfect fit every time. And the comfort level is on another planet. I know you will love them. I've been wearing Skims for over two years and the Fits Everybody Collection is truly life-changing. I know it's time to replace all my underwear ASAP because I gravitate towards my Skims every single day. And Skims is creating the next generation of underwear for every body. I have so many pieces from the Fits Everybody collection, but a few of my favorites are the high-waisted thong, which is my most worn pair, especially for all my high-waisted jeans and pants. It just fits so perfectly underneath. I also love the full brief, which is amazing under flowy dresses for summer. And I have both of those styles in multiple colors. And my most purchased shades are ochre, onyx, and sand. And I also have the square neck bodysuit in four colors because it's just the best basic. And this may be too much information, but it's also Steve's most requested item on me. He freaking loves that bodysuit. He's like, gives me all the compliments in it. And you know, we love that. Everything is available in sizes extra, extra small to 4X. And I mostly wear the 2X. So FYI on that. And you should believe the hype because Skims has over 90,000 five-star reviews for a reason. The Fits Everybody collection and more perfect fit essentials are available now at skims.com. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. And after you placed your order, be sure to let them know we sent you. Select podcast in the survey and be sure to select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Cooking is one of my love languages. I love cooking for me and my family, and I think it's definitely the Greek girl me that grew up with so much delicious food in her life. That is why I'm so excited about today's partner, Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, and one of the things I love about Green Chef is how customizable it is. You can choose from 50-plus weekly menu items, add or swap protein, and even double the portions in your weekly order with just one click— And now this is so perfect when you have a bodybuilder husband like Steve or just a leftover loving girly like me. Like I love having a delicious meal and then having some extra for lunch the next day. It's so good. Green Chef just makes food shopping and cooking so convenient. If you're busy and you don't have time to cook or want something on the go, there are also 10-minute lunches. And each week's menu includes two convenient, low-prep, and nutritious lunch recipes that are ready in 10 minutes with no cooking required. And since it's summertime and we want to spend more time having fun than prepping our meal, you can do just that with Green Chef. They have so many easy step-by-step recipes that are ready in less than 30 minutes and cut down on almost all the meal prep with pre-portioned and prepped ingredients. As much as I love cooking, the prep part is always my least favorite, so I would say this is one of my favorite things about Green Chef. You can go to greenchef.com slash confident60 and use code CONFIDENT60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash confident60 and use code CONFIDENT60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Meeting YouTube 
women, like, has been so empowering for me. Christina, every time I see you in a crop top, I'm like, I can wear a crop top too. <laughs> like, I love the way that you, like, rock your mid section and the way that you, like, style outfits. It's so empowering to me. And, like, Ray, like, just literally physically letting out cellulite thighs fly out on the sofa on a weekend, <laughs> like, watching a movie. Like, it liberates my soul. And so I'm like, yes, I agree. The Seeing people around you bodies, representation. It's huge. It's it's huge. But like, I, I think it's tough because there are going to be, unfortunately, times of our lives where people around us aren't going to look like us, whether there's a trend happening in culture, whether the people around us are having children or heaven forbid, they're like aspects of our bodies that change for a struggle, whether it be illness and things like that. And so it's just like, how do we define how we feel about our bodies when the world around us doesn't reflect our body. And like, I think the way that we've kind of come through the body positivity movement, and obviously I know a lot of people talk about like body neutrality is is wonderful and is really important. But like, I really dream of a time where we just get to exist. And I don't know, did, did we get that in like, was it like a feminine, like high school girl, like pack comparison? Like how do we, I guess my question is, how do we get rid of this, hack mentality around our bodies. Like I think we were raised on it in diet culture or like that kind of toxic shit that we were brought up with. But is it always going to be like that? And is there a, is there a better way where we can just be individuals again? Because I love I mean, that I we associate so. as a group, but at a certain point we just need to be our own singular bodies. Like I can't carry the burden of pop culture on my back, on my body for the rest of my life. I just don't want to do that. Mm. <laughs> like... Well, and then it's like if, well, and to backtrack a little bit, to be honest, it's not even people that like I identified with necessarily. It just is even like Christine and I were talking about this the other day, like watching the new season of the Kardashians. Like I was triggered. They're so small. It, like Christina, you were saying like you were distracted and I, I was too. I was like, no, I, that's all I was thinking about. I was like, oh my God, like. They're so small. And I never looked to them to be my body positive role model. Totally. But it's this cultural shift happening, it seems like, that is going back again into ultra glorifying thinness. And as someone who I believe that I can nourish my body, work out, and I got into, I used to get into like arguments with my ex boyfriend about this. Like, I truly think for me to be, if I wanted to be thin or like to feed into that, it would literally take so much of my time and energy because I just don't think my body, I'm, I'm a five foot 11, like I wear size 11 feet. My hands are a bit larger than most men. Like I just <laughs> think I am bigger. Like I'm just a bigger person. I'm a bigger woman. For me to be thin, like it would literally take all of my energy. The summer after my freshman year of college, I really wanted to lose weight because I did gain a lot of weight and I really didn't feel great because I was, I mean, I was drinking every day and eating mozzarella sticks fucking six days a week, <laughs> which was so fun. But I was like, I feel like shit. For me to lose weight that summer, like I literally, like after my friends would go to Chick-fil-A and I'd be like, I can't go because I couldn't, like I couldn't even put myself in the restaurant. I'm just struggling because I do feel the pressure to be, be thinner right now. But also, I don't want to give in to that because I don't think that's like sustainable for me. But how do I find that happy medium of of feeling like 
not bad about myself. I think it's something to do with missing out and following the wave of a trend and should I be doing what everyone else is doing, right? If the Kardashians, I mean, and I watched the episode too, they look tiny, but had they always been that small, right? We would be like, oh, there's a show with these super glammed teeny people on TV. That wouldn't be the focus. In the same way, had you not seen the photo from now versus before a weight change, you're not then, you don't have that point of comparison. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's this weird momentum behind bodies that like, we need to keep be like, keeping up with the Kardashians, (laughs) keeping up, right? And I just think it's interesting that I never stop and think to myself like, oh man, like I need to be keeping up with someone else's height or I need to figure out a way to grow grow these feet a bigger size or I need to like, <laughs> like it's only, it's only the quest for thinness that we think is this like moving hamster wheel that we need to be like doing what everyone else is doing about it, right? And but like, don't you think, Rosie, that's because like thinness is so glorified in our society. Like we literally say it's like the peak of like desire, I like, mean, do you think that's why it is this way instead of maybe height or, or or instead of like other factors of like keeping up with thinness is because it's like so... Well, it'll be interesting to hear what you guys think from being taller women. Like, this is such a can of worms for me, but like my feelings around why women told to be small, it's patriarchal. We are told to be little. We are told to be take up less space. We are told to be... The smaller you are, the weaker you are physically, right? Or the the less room space you take up in the room, the less like power it is assumed that you have. And so we have been throughout time and it's like interesting linking it back to like what you were talking about with like being a postpartum body. Like we have been disconnected and disassociated from our bodies as a patriarchal grab for power. And so the minute that we step back into the fullness of our bodies, regardless of what that looks like, whether it's post a pregnancy or a college weight gain or whatever it might be, I think we come back to being the powerful women that we are. And I think until we dismantle that bigger infrastructure around why were women shamed in their bodies and taught to be thin to begin with at the dawn of time, everything else is just kind of busy work. And I think until we figure that out as a group and also let community rally around us and not be isolated in this individually, that's why I'm so grateful to have women like you in my life who are a bit willing to be vulnerable and talk about it. Because... The other thing that's really disarming in this whole experience is that we went through this really toxic experience and thank God we found this like body positivity movement, but we're still kind of like recovering from the trauma of that. And so part of that recovery process is just not talking about it because we don't want to glorify it, right? And we don't want to give power to it. And so rather than now having come through the other side of it and being able to talk with our girlfriends about wanting to change something nutritionally or wanting to develop a skill in a sport or an aspect of our physical body, we're worried about sounding toxic. So we just don't talk about it at all. Do you know, I'm on a tangent here. Are you guys with me? I think like you're saying, if someone was like, has like a weight loss school, they feel like, oh, then I'm not body positive or I'm not like. As an example, like when you and I first became friends, I was, had gained some weight and I was wanting to lose that. And I like, you know, early in our friendship, I wasn't sure if I talked to you about wanting to change that, what that would mean in our friendship, because I know you're so vocal about body positivity, but obviously now I know you so much better. I'm like, we have these conversations. It's a part of the parcel. It's the, you can't just talk about one aspect of it. You have to talk about the full thing. 
But like, that took some time because I was worried. I was like, I don't want Ray to think I'm toxic, but I really want to lose weight because I just don't feel right in my body right now. And like, we've got there, but are we there as a collective? Like, as in a society, are we are we there where we're able to like weed through the bullshit? Because when how I've seen it is typically when women come together to support each other around their bodies, it's like, all right, let's be walking buddies and let's talk about how many pounds we've lost and let's motivate each other and let's be accountable to only have the non-fat yogurt. And it's like how we were taught to be in community with other women or people in general around our bodies was to support thinness. I, I don't know. I just need a new way of doing it. I need I need my girlfriends around me to be okay with me needing support from them to change my body without it maybe triggering in them things that they've been through. 100%. And it's super interesting. I feel like, first of all, Ray and I have built an amazing community where we're doing the opposite of that. Yeah. Right? But I also have a group of friends and like we're in a group chat and people will be like, oh my gosh, I want to lose weight. And people will be like, oh, this is what I'm doing. And that does not trigger me at all. For some reason, like other people saying that they want to lose weight, like does not bother me because I don't care. That's your body. That's good for you. It's only when comments are made about me and my body that for some reason, like that bothers me. And I think that we should be able to support each other. I think that like if someone wants to lose weight or change their body, like that's on them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's okay. That's fine. If my friends are asking me for advice on working out or being like, hey, can Steve write me like a diet plan or whatever? I'd be like, sure. Like whatever you want. That's like for you to do. I was having a conversation with a friend recently who was really feeling like not great about her body. And you know what's so funny? A lot of it was triggered was we were looking at old pictures from college and a photo of her from college came up. And also simultaneously, this conversation we've been having about people we follow losing weight and then some people in our personal lives losing weight. I think it was like a perfect storm. But I think the thing is, is that if you have a weight loss goal or if you want to change your body to be sustainable, I don't think your goal is to be thin for the validation of being more desirable, whether that's like you'll be seen in a better light. Maybe men will like you. You'll get a better job. I don't know how to like fully unpack this, but like with correlating like health and size, I do think that you should be moving your body. You should be nourishing it with good food with, with that. And, and that should be the main goal. And if weight loss is a part of that, amazing. But I think if you're going into it with just the goal of like, like if I lose 20 pounds, I'm going to be able to get a boyfriend. Exactly. Or, or you see people getting praise and you want that praise. Like, I just don't think it's, it's sustainable, but I do I do think that you can want to lose weight and that not be a toxic thing. Oh, 100%. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I just think that sometimes people hesitate to share that ambition yes. because they're worried about, is it going to trigger someone else? Am I going to come yeah. across in a certain way? Does it show that I haven't like evolved past that toxicity? I think especially, you know, in, in different communities, you can be concerned or aware of that. But yeah. Yeah, which is exactly what you're saying. Like you were afraid to maybe to say to me, oh, I'm not feeling great in my body. I would like to lose some weight because your fear of being seen is toxic. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that lasted two minutes and I understand now that that's not a thing, but it did cross my mind. And so I'm just curious like how that affects other people. And so it's like interesting hearing you, Christina, say that like if someone asks you or approaches you like in your like 
sphere of life, like individually, you're like, mm, I don't compare myself to you. Like you do you, boo. And then, so who who does affect us the most? Is it like just people? My family. Oh, interesting. For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, literally don't give a shit what other people think. It's for some reason, for me, I'm like triggered by my family. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge one, I think, yeah. for a lot of people. Similarly. And I like, guess like, I guess people on the internet sometimes too. Yeah. But not enough for me to want to change myself. I think that like the family comments... I think that's like so deep rooted from when I was younger. Yeah. That like I I think that's where that comes from for me. Yeah. But like if I have friends that are doing everything they can to lose weight right now and if that's what makes them happy, I'm like so supportive of that. Like that does not bother me at all. So it's like individually, what are our value systems around our body? So some people, it might only be people in the public eye. Some people, it might only be their friends or then other people, it's only their family or other people, a mixture of all of the above. Like but what about like, for you? For me, it's I'm probably a mixture of all of the above. Like the people that I like love and respect. It's funny. I love to be an individual, but I really love to be accepted and I love to fit in. And I'm a bit of a people pleaser at heart, even though I wish I wasn't. But like, those are my kind of toxic traits. And so I don't like to feel like I'm standing out. And so that kind of applies to anyone and everybody. What I was going to say real quick is like, I just hope that we get to a place where we can like separate from the pack. Like, I just want to be an individual, especially because I'm like, my 30s, like, I just want to be my own mind that isn't connected to a TV show or my family or my friends. Like, I just want to wake up and in a singular way be like, I'm good in myself. Like, that's that's my sweet spot. That's my goal. I don't quite know how to get there. I'm not sure if that's realistic or not, but that's what I would like to feel further and further into womanhood. And what are the steps that you feel like you can take to get there? Honestly, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that's why I think, well, as you're saying this, I'm like, that's why I think representation is so important. And when we talk about, you guys know I'm into manifestation and all this stuff, like one big thing, but if that is something that you want to have, Rosie, you want to wake up and feel good. And one way is, I do think is, seeing other people do that because that shows you that it is possible. Whether you see that in a movie or whether you see that in a friend of yours, that that I think broadens your mind to be like, okay, that is a possibility for me. So when you take away that representation, which is what is happening right now, no wonder we're all feeling this push-pull. Because yeah. I think representation is a, people living by example, it puts into your brain that that is possible. When I see a woman living her best life and she's plus size or curvy, that was huge for me in my journey. That still huge. is huge for me. Still huge for me too. Exactly. Like, revelation. So like, right. So I don't know in the world that we live in if you can do that without community, which is why we have the Confident Collective. To be, like I'm like, I don't think it is possible to do it without community. I think you need to have it surrounded by people who are in a like mindset, who have a similar goal to you, who want to have that that like value. And that's why I think I'm struggling so much is because I feel like it feels like that community is getting smaller and smaller. Okay. I totally agree with you and I understand that. But then at the same time, like I feel like I want everyone to be welcome in our community, right? I recently got this question of like, would I ever do Ozempic? And I opened it up to the public, like on my Instagram, because I have like friends that take it. And I Mm -hmm. also, and that doesn't bother me. And I had so many interesting messages and like really great conversations about it. And I do feel like, this is where I'm struggling. Again, I keep going back and forth. Talk it through, talk it through. But I do feel like you can 
want to change your body a little bit and still be part of that community. Which that's not what I'm saying. I think I I you're completely you're saying like agree the representation of all of a sudden like everyone in our community is like down to a size four. You don't feel represented anymore. Right. I think that we need to represent health. Yes, I feel like it's swinging back into an extreme. Yeah. Whereas if we're in a happy medium where you see people of all different sizes, I think you can, some people, my little sister, for example, we come from the same genes, whatever. (laughs) Her body naturally is just so thin. She is just naturally more in that state. She's never been curvy. She once asked me what chafing was and I about fell out of my chair. (laughs) We are are genetically just like the same but different. Mm -hmm. But right now I feel like what is happening is that we're losing that as well. It's not like we're saying, I feel like critics of the body positive world are like, everyone's encouraging everyone to just be fat and eat whatever they want and gain weight and do all this. And now it's the opposite where it's like, we're losing the individuality of just like being in a healthy place with your body, which I think for some people that is completely fine to be, to be losing weight and still be in that. But because I don't think everyone's supposed to be a size two, but everyone's trying to be that right now is what it feels like. Is this making sense? No, I know exactly what you're saying. I just don't have the answers, but I know exactly what you're saying. But honestly, this conversation is actually really inspiring me to show up more of our community, like in the body that I am in right now. I love that. Yeah, same. I love that. Because I actually uh, feel like I haven't been doing that as much because I feel like I felt like a little bit disconnected because of my own insecurities. mm -hmm. And now I'm like, wait, no, fuck this. Like I actually feel really good. Yeah. I can show up how I am right now. Yeah, and if if bodies that we have, right, not fat or thin, whatever, but if the bodies that we have start to disappear, whether literally because they're losing weight or just because confidence is causing them to disappear, Mm -hmm. like that's the danger zone because like we need people to be brave and confident and I hate the word brave, but you know what I mean? Like otherwise we are going to experience kind of ghosting that it feels like you're talking about, right? Where you're like, where did everybody go? Like, and look, that's obviously, that's a sort of extreme. Like there are obviously still tons of people in different sized bodies, but I think in terms of like the people that we maybe notice on our feed or, or whatever it is. And that's another thing I would say is that like, it feels like we're swinging the pendulum, but I think maybe we then just have to continue to open the doors and continue to kind of curate the representation that's going to nurture our sense of, you know, support and identity in the in the ways that we've talked about, like having experience before and being really supported by. You know what I mean? Because I don't know. I don't think everybody's gone, but I do understand yeah. what you're saying and how it feels like that. And I've noticed it too. Am I on the, the you know the people in the bodies that I'm exposed to? I definitely feel that. But yeah, I just I guess. It's interesting hearing you say, yeah, but we need that community. And I agree, but there's always going to be changes and flux. And that's that's why I was kind of like banging on the drum of like just wanting to be myself. Like I just yeah. want to get to a point where maybe, and I don't think anything's all or nothing. Maybe it's that like what I'm seeking is to be a little bit less reliant on needing to see the representation and needing that outward support and just being a little bit more internally secure so that if the forces around me change, like I don't blow over in the wind. You know what I mean? Like, totally. And I think right. it's probably never going to be all, or one, all or one or the other. I'm not like 
only going to get validation outside of myself or I'm, I'm going to be this like strong force who doesn't give a shit what anyone thinks about her. Like it's always mm-hmm. going to be a different split of those two places. But I just, feeling and similar then, to you, Ray, I just want to strengthen my own internal sense of agency around my body a little bit yeah. more because, you know, especially hearing Christina's journey going into motherhood, I'm like, that is a that is a war zone on your body, like in the most beautiful and amazing way. And I just want to be prepared for, you know, going into the journey like you've explained because it's so powerful but it's so vulnerable you know when that day comes for if it ever does in the distant future like just want to have some of that internal voice built up over Mm -hmm. time because for sure I I wouldn't feel prepared right now like yeah and I mean for sure like I I think that it is a journey and it is a battle because I feel like I have had that voice you know it still hit me a little bit too see that's interesting you can have it and it can come and go yeah that's the well, thing we circle back to the community. Totally. So it's but both. yeah, then it opens up like the whole thing of how much responsibility we put on others to feel good about ourselves, which exactly. is a whole other thing of like when Adele lost a bunch of weight or Mindy Kaling, like these celebrities that people were so angry for because they thought that they'd let them down. But then I'm like, we can't be putting that responsibility on other people's to that extent. It's also ironic to me that like we've been indoctrinated into this culture of thinness and it's created this like these rules for women and then Mm. when people in the public eye lose a bunch of weight we then legislate that as well like why don't we all just release our fucking grip on women's bodies Mm -hmm. in general whether it's their physicality their medical rights whatever it is and just let women exist like Mm -hmm. we don't need to control other people's bodies in general Mm -hmm. all people as well as you know women like yeah because that I think leads to so much harm And it is honestly, maybe like as we're talking about it, like the community is celebrating like the individuality of like the differences, like of, of listen, if someone's on a journey where we don't know again, like we always say you can't tell someone's health by looking them. I, you know, I spoke to a friend recently who is on, on her journey and had her blood work done and is, is really trying to get healthy. No one would know that if you don't, speak to her like it's it's it is such a personal thing but it's lumped into such a bigger picture like a well yeah which is crazy in the in the like interests of full transparency and vulnerability like I decided to talk to my doctor about like getting some medication to help me regulate my weight and it was a really tough decision to make because like I'm from New Zealand and like I was really raised in quite like a holistic way. And then I came to America and they're like, medicine <laughs> and pharmacies and drugs. And I like, it kind of goes, and by the way, each to their own, I respect everybody's decisions for what works for them, but I'm a little bit more holistic in that way. And so I had a real crisis of self thinking like, am I going to allow myself to take a medication that's going to help me with my weight? And I really, I'm denied about it. And I just reached a point where I was like, I don't owe it to anybody else to justify my choices. And I felt I was in a place where I felt really not in control of my body. And I felt really like I needed to do something and the measures that I was taking weren't working. And, you know, that's the other thing. I was kind of living in this prison of like, if I just did this or that or tried harder. And, but then I stopped and thought to myself, like, why am I denying myself this avenue of possibility for change. Now, it might work, it might not work, it might in the long term not work, or it might be successful long term, who knows. And I really had to dig deep and try and unpack 
why I was struggling to get over that hurdle of like going and seeing my doctor. And for me, it was caring what people would think. Mm -hmm. And it was not being able to say it out loud. And it was like perception of me. And I was just like, that's some bullshit. Like that's exactly why we stay stuck if we're worried what people are going to think of us or they're going to judge us. And like, the other thing I think around women's bodies is that like we often feel like you have to earn it right? Like we'll celebrate someone that's like done an Ironman or has like, you know, created these like amazing feats or only ate like celery for three months straight. We're like, wow, we'll praise that. We'll honor that. We'll exalt that. But if someone takes control of their health and chooses a different approach that like you didn't earn it, you didn't work hard, you didn't have to punish yourself to get where you're going, you don't deserve it. And I just think that's like a bigger theme that we deal with as women. And I just think it's some bullshit. And I am okay with the avenue that I've chosen. And I'm okay to talk about it if people want to talk about it. But I also don't think that it's anybody else's business. And yeah, that's kind of the journey I've been on. It's been really challenging and a bit of a head fuck. But I'm kind of just like navigating it with a few people that I love, that I respect, that I know are safe people to like talk about my body with. But it's also not a topic for like across the dinner table. Like no one else is like owed access to this part of my personhood unless I give them permission. Well, thanks for giving us permission. Yeah, I'm like, it's private, but also everyone on the podcast, (laughs) I've got to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) No, obviously I want to talk to you guys about it, but. Okay, well, I think it's really layered and really interesting. And I do think that, I don't want to say like I've passed judgment on that before, but I think I have found myself critical in certain ways only because of the unknown. And I think I've just always come from a place of like, I, you know, I wasn't raised very holistic, but I feel like I have become a little bit more holistic. And I'm like, do we we want to take something that we don't know what's going to happen with our bodies or that we might feel like we have to be on forever and ever? Yeah. I mean, these are all valuable questions. And those are just like out of concern, not necessarily out of judgment. Do you know what I mean? And then like... Because we're in relationship, like I know that that's genuine and it is concern, but I think then in public kind of culture, yeah. sometimes people feign judgment through the lens of concern, whereas I know that that's not who you are, Christina. But like, yeah, I have all these same questions, but like I am prepared to address things like that as time goes on. Like I'm not a magician. I can't like, you know, rub a crystal ball and know what's going to happen, but I just am making the best decisions that I can in the moment for myself and for my own body. And like with anything relative to our bodies, like we don't always have certainty, but we just have to follow what feels individual and intuitively best for ourselves. And I think that's the thing that like I keep coming back to is that like, I just want to be in touch with myself enough to listen to what feels right for me and not get like tied to this wagon of everybody else. And I think that's the closest place I'm going to feel to being truthful and integral to who I am. And that's like the best place I can make choices from. Do you feel like any part of you though feels like this decision to take this medication has been because of everybody else? Yeah, it's funny. Like I think about that a lot. I've been in a bigger body my whole life, like pretty much from the jump. And Similarly, like, and I've been through phases before where I've really altered my body and then I've, you know, like lost a lot of weight and then gained weight. And I'm like, I reached a 
it was kind of around the time I met you guys, but like I reached a peace with being in a bigger body. Like I just did. There is no part of me that fetishizes being thin anymore. If anything, I don't want to be thin because I've experienced the negative aspects of that bordering into like dysfunction around like food and body image. And I've just realized that like my self value is so much higher than allowing those things to enter my life that like I am not going to do that again. So that, but then the opposite has happened where I'm like, I've strayed away from addressing wanting to uh, lose some weight and feel healthier and more at home in my body because I haven't wanted to engage with the culture and go to the extreme. And so that's why for me, this has been a really good option because it's been quite a disconnect from having to like engage in diet culture because it's just something medically that's transpiring and it isn't taking a huge toll on like my mental health around like body and food that's been like really challenging for me in the past. I'm just, as you guys are talking, I'm just like sitting here just like thinking because and who I, when I've other spoken to other people about it who are also taking it, they almost say it's like a release of like obsession that they used to have to feel to like, listen, when I lost 15 pounds, after the summer after college and I was very obsessive. If you looked at me, no one would call me thin. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> like no one would ever call me thin. I was still like uh, almost 200 pounds, five foot, you know what I mean? It's so complicated, but I'm like, are we just trapped in this machine of like, why is it so hard? Should it be this? Should it be this hard? Well, that's kind of what I was saying before that this like, there's like this virtue and value prescribed to keeping women busy in torment with the relationship they have with their body. <laughs> like, do you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And and I'm not discrediting people that choose to go down the avenue of wanting to do it like in any different way that they choose to do it. Like there's, for me, there's no right and wrong and everybody is entitled to make the decisions that feel best for them. And I think the further we get from collective thinking around our bodies, the healthier we're going to become because no two bodies are the same. Like your body's different from my body. Like, like, Physically, we're all individuals. And so trying I, to group ourselves into what does or doesn't work or what is or isn't acceptable, it's just like an impossible task. See, I agree with all that. But at the same time, I do think that if losing weight is the goal, that is like a collective thinking as well. So like whether we want to address it or go about it in different ways, I still feel like there's still that mindset there that we can't like... Like it's easier to like slap like a sticker on it and be like, oh, like I'm actually doing it for this reason or that way. But there's still that mindset there. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with you. And I think that's there because it's always been. But I just don't think it always has to be that way moving forward. Like I just kind of believe in a radical new way. But like how is that if people are still trying to change their bodies? Do you know what I mean? But because with anything, I don't like if I've got an aspiration to have straight white teeth, Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fuck, I just want my teeth to be so snatched and pearly and shiny and like just fucking like up beauty, <laughs> beauty standards with my like ball of teeth. I'm not then saying, hey, everyone come with me on the journey of six, six mile. Like it's only that way because it's always been that way. Like I call bullshit, guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so it's hard to imagine a different way because it is. And I think what you're saying is so valuable, Christina. Like, you're like, no, 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 but it will always be that way. And I'm like... I don't think it has to be. And I think the way the reason we feel like that, because I feel like that too, is because it's so deep in us. Mm -hmm. It's so deep in us and in our culture. But I just, I can't see a logical reason why it should or has to be. Yeah, I don't think it has to be. But it's just so hard because I think that like if thinness is the goal in some sort of way, mm -hmm. 
that's the mindset we have to change. Totally. But then like why, you know, in the past two things are synonymous. If you want to lose weight, you want to be thin. I want to lose weight and I don't want to be thin. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's like also that's some of the stuff that we've been conditioned to. So it's like breaking down those those norms as well. Like I would like to lose weight to land on still a curvy, beautiful, chunky place that feels good to me, mm-hmm. Rosie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's certain things I still want to be able to grab a hold of in my body and I do not want them to disappear because they have been a part of my journey of coming home to myself. and Like coming home to my body, like I fought really hard to want to exist in this body and there are parts of it. Like I fucking love holding my like sides. Like I love like feeling it. I love like having my arms like being in the shower and like scooping them like under my boobs and just like being like, your girl is soft. She is cozy. Like mm-hmm. I can't wait till the times in my life where I get to use my body to be like, like, you know, I think about it, especially in relation to motherhood, like to, to be a home. And so like I want to lose weight right now, but I do not want to erase myself yeah. through the avenue of my body. And that's why it seems like we keep coming back to this thing of celebrating again the individual and what that looks like for them. Because right, like you said, you can lose weight and still not be thin. And I think it's like no one knows what every woman is going through and experiencing in their body. And I do feel like you can lose weight without feeding into the ideal of thinness. And I'm trying to articulate it in the right way because, I mean, it comes down to even just like physicality sometimes. Like I, right now I'm on a really big training kick because I'm doing a hiking trip, trip in August in the, in, in Italy. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually scared. I'm like, I don't want to get there and not be able to fucking hike this mountain. There is the physicality part of it where it's like, you may want to lose weight so you can chase after your toddler. Because to be honest, there were times growing up where like, maybe my dad was heavier and he couldn't do, he'd be, I'm too tired, I can't. And you're like missing out on life. So like, I get that. If you want to lose weight, like sometimes you have to do that to be able to do those things that you want to do. And is that, now I'm saying that and I'm like, oh, is that fucked up for me to say? Absolutely not. No. Because what other reasons are you doing it for? What is the purpose of our body? And that's that's because we're ingrained that our body is specifically for outside validation. Whereas if you break it down, it's like, no, our body is to move, to take us through life, to be moms, to travel the world, to do all these things. But I think we have a hard time in understanding losing weight outside of thinness because that those two for so long have been the only connection. Right. There's like, like a... there's so much more to it than that. Like I think if you want to be able to be like, I take my kid to the park and I'm fucking tired. And I want to get in better shape. And if that results in losing weight, I don't think someone should be shamed for that. In the same way that if you want to just exist in your body, that it is like, quote unquote, a bigger body and without any explanation to anyone, lovingly exist in that state, go off. It goes both ways. And so as unapologetically as people have like started to come out as I'm fat and I'm proud of it and I'm this is who I am and like I'm, I'm not like making any concession for anybody. Like I, my body is not an explanation. I think that that's a book. Oh, I have to look it up. But it goes both ways. Yeah. I don't owe you an explanation yeah. to want to lose weight. I don't owe you an explanation to be in a bigger body because my body is not up for comment. Well, and that's like why and when I want to say too, after saying those comments, like it comes back down again to living in such a fat phobic world because it's so... Because 
people in larger bodies should be able to exist without commentary from the outside world 100%. And it is fact that people in larger bodies are treated differently. Mm -hmm. There's no denying that. And I think that every single person deserves to be treated with love and respect. And it just actually makes me sad that like you're shamed if you don't want to do anything and you're shamed if you do. That's why I'm saying, that's that's why I said a while ago in the conversation, like in a bigger sense, the control that society has over our bodies is to disassociate us from our power. And the reason that women's bodies are controlled in the way that they have been historically more than men's bodies is because it keeps us alienated from the power of who we are, I think. And so hearing you, Christina, get fired up about wanting to step back into the space and just continue to do what you've always done. Yeah, I actually feel really empowered right now. That's power, right? Mm -hmm. And like for you, Ray, it's like deciding to do what you want to do for your body and for this like trip, that is your power. For me being like, I absolutely owe no one an explanation to my choices. That is my power, right? And I think the more that we disconnect from that, the thing that's waiting on the other side for us is our power. Amen to that. Moment of silence for women's power. Women's power. Wow. I'm like sweating. I'm getting worked up from this convo. But, and I think as we're all on this journey... For all of us, I'm sure we can look back in a year from now and be really have a lot to say on this. And after reflecting, like, we're all just trying to figure it out. And I think these conversations, even if we don't have, there's never going to be an answer. There's never going to be like a, this is what we need to do, to, you know? But I just think these conversations still talk about, uh, but this, but this, but this, like, is so important. 100%. And one of the things I'm taking away from this conversation, and I feel like I've learned today, is like, Something you said, Christina, about, no, I had it. And then it slipped away for a while. Mm-hmm. And I also know it'll return. Yeah, And I love that. I really love that it doesn't just have to be a gradual, like getting better and better and better and easier and easier. There might be seasons of life where that ebbs and flows and that's okay. And you're not at risk of losing all of your hard-won insight and peace and power just because there's a bump in the road. And I love that. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to phrase confidence as a journey, that we're on like throughout our whole lives. Yeah. And obviously this topic has been around body image and weight, but your confidence ebbs and flows in all aspects of your life. And in all aspects of your personhood. Exactly. And like, I agree. Couldn't agree more. So you have to be prepared to, you know, ride that wave. Yeah. Through the hard times and the good times. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I do think like when I'm coming back to it, like for me, what's most important is representation and community and the ability to have these conversations with each other. Yeah, and I would add like the third thing is is having space to be vulnerable. Yes. Like that's what we've done, the three of us today sitting down and like I feel I'm leaving this conversation more equipped. Mm-hmm. And it's not that anything like any of us has said is like shocking or like crazy, crazy. It's just that like we've come together in this community and obviously the competitive collective as a whole and we're like sharpening each other. We're bringing that safety and community and I think that that's a really big bomb to our hearts of feeling okay in our confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that we need to show ourselves a little bit of grace, right? 100%. And treat ourselves the way we would treat our friends sometimes because I feel like it's so easy to be like, you know what? I understand where you're coming from, like A, B, and C. But when we're looking at ourselves, it's so much harder to look in the mirror and have those conversations and have that sympathy and that support for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Circling it back to community, being able to be vulnerable with your friends is the most important thing. Agreed. Oh, I love you guys. 
We love you. We're so happy to kick off this this series with you, Rosie. I'm this was such so a good conversation. I can't wait to have many more, and it'll be interesting to hear all the different things we what do we call it? Go go deeper on going deeper, going deeper, <laughs> going deeper. I feel like there's, there's a lot of like dirty. One hundred percent. Maybe we need to workshop this Wait, title maybe a little. We need bit. to workshop the title, but <laughs> going you... deeper, penetrating the truth. <laughs> yeah, penetrate. <laughs> Well, if you have any topics you want us to penetrate or go deeper <laughs> on stop. with Rosie in this series. <laughs> well, no, this is serious, you guys. No, no it, it is. is. No, it is true. Yeah, we want to know. What are you guys, t- what are you <laughs> talking about with your girlfriend? Okay, let us know in the comments, in our Facebook groups, and our messages what you want us to go deeper on, but I need to leave this on a little bit of a funny note because we all just got the giggles about penetration. Ray oh and I God. were on a Zoom call yesterday with oh the brand. Oh my God. Okay. I am a child. The Wait. way I get the case of the giggles. Okay. <laughs> this brand rep, which is like from a very, very popular brand. Okay. Like we're not going to say what brand, but like a huge one with a huge celebrity face behind it. Okay. And she was like late to a call and she meant to say, sorry, like I've been hopping around, but she said, sorry, I was humping. Her face when she said that out of her mouth, she, I could tell she was going to get off that call and call her best friend and be like, you're never going to believe what the fuck I just said. She looked we like her all like started stomach laughing. fell through her butt. Like it was the craziest thing. It wasn't even the humping. It was her face afterwards. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> did Thanks. she acknowledge it or did she just gloss yes. over it? She did, but like everyone else was able to be like, oh, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. Me, she, I had to take my video off. I should have, like, because I could not stop giggling. <laughs> Oh, God, that God. was really funny. Yeah. I almost in our follow up recap was going to be also, don't worry about the humping. But I, was like, I could tell she was so embarrassed. She was so uncomfortable about it. It was the funniest thing that's ever happened to me on a Zoom call for sure. I mean, if she knew, like you and like me and Christina, like we literally, she does not need to worry. Like, yeah. But it was God. so funny. Oh, like, but again, we're so happy about this new conversation. We're so excited to go deeper with you and have these conversations. And you guys let us know what you want us to talk to Rosie about. And again, thank you so much for joining us again as we're here, Confident Collective 2.0. We're so happy. And if you love this conversation, please share it with your friends on social. Leave a comment for us on Apple. It makes such a big difference. And again, thank you guys always for your support. Thanks. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us. 